You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, whtt.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, our topic is entitled, Israel is Committing Suicide. And we are getting this title because it relates back to a book that we republished in 1999. The original book was entitled, Holocaust II, Saving Israel from Suicide. That was written in 1990 by Patrick Hurley, a corporate lawyer in the publishing industry, a very well-documented book. We republished the book under the title, One Nation Under Israel. But reflecting now back, the original title is probably more apropos today even then when it was written back in 1990. I would like to just advise people that are listening, the book is available from us, One Nation Under Israel, and we'll have a link that you can go to if you hear this and you want to pick up this book. But I want to read just this paragraph here written by our founder, Chuck Carlson, in the publisher's introduction to One Nation Under Israel. And he says, quote, U.S. war-making in the Middle East appears to have only one lasting beneficiary, the state of Israel. Israel's military and political power has been magnified by the destruction of its neighbors and the enormous military aid it has received from the American taxpayer. Andrew Hurley's magnificent book clearly explains why and how. At a Phoenix meeting of APAC in 1998, its spokesman boasted to the attendees that in a poll of 2,400 congressmen and staff members, APEC had been voted the second most powerful lobby group in Washington. But Andrew Hurley tells us APEC is being modest. He states, quote, you need not concern yourselves about educating Congress about APEC. Every one of them knows it very well. It is the public who doesn't know about it, and they need to know, unquote. Your publisher agrees. One Nation Under Israel reveals a 51st state with more power than the other 50 put together, and now the reader will know. And, of course, we do have a woeful lack of knowledge, particularly about the Israeli-Palestine issue here in the United States and we want to talk about several aspects here, recent events. There's a potential for implosion in Israel and explosion, and we can sort of give some examples here. And on the implosion side, recently uh, there were settler attacks. These are the illegal Israeli settlers. There are a number of them that are very extremist. Most of the people living there are just there because of the cheap housing that's subsidized by the Israeli government. They keep expanding these settlements there and basically taking land away from the Palestinians. But an attack on a 
Palestinian village in the West Bank resulted in a Molotov cocktail being thrown. And these are called price tag attacks where they scribble graffiti uh, on the buildings and so forth. And a 18-month-old baby, Ali Duwabashi, was killed, burning to death. And subsequently, his father also succumbed to burns. And the, the rest of the family is in serious condition there. And just want to quote briefly from an article from 972 Magazine, which is a Jewish publication. And this is an article by Noam Shezaf, and it's entitled, No Way to Defeat Jewish Terrorism with, Without Ending the Occupation. Now, it appears that uh, Mr. Shezaf was in the IDF. The byline here for the extreme right, violence against Palestinian civilians is not solely a result of racism. It is first and foremost a form of control. And so here's in part a couple quotes here. Quote, the defining characteristic of the occupation is that it includes two civilian populations living alongside one another, which are subject to two different legal systems. The Palestinians live under a military regime, while every Israeli who lives or even visits the settlements, quote unquote, brings the Israeli law with them, including all the legal protections she or he is granted. The second defining characteristic of the occupation is the Israeli desire to slowly expand the territory and resources for the Jewish public while slowly lessening Palestinians' territory. This combination, a military regime with civilian settlement, is what causes the Israeli occupation to look and feel a lot like colonialism or apartheid, even if there is not an exact overlap. This is the essence of the regime, regardless of the question of whether or not this is our forefathers' land or who was here first, unquote. And he did one other quote here, quote, when I served in the army, the IDF still defined its goals as ensuring the security of all the residents of the occupied territories. Today, however, it is made clear in briefings that the first goal is to protect Jews and the idea that all Palestinians are enemy, even the non-combatants, is growing. And the article goes on. In another related article about this implosion, if you will, appeared in Al Jazeera by a Sharif Nashahabi, who is a, a award-winning journalist on Arab affairs. And he quotes here, settler violence against Palestinians, be it against them, their homes, their livelihoods, or their infrastructure is relentless. According to the Palestinian Liberation Organization, there were 369 attacks this year up to July 27th, averaging more than 12 each week. Israeli human rights organization B'Tselem said that the Wabashche killing, that's the infant, was only, quote, a matter of time due to the authorities' policies to avoid enforcing the law on Israelis who harm Palestinians and their property. This policy creates impunity for hate crimes. In light of this, the clock is ticking in the countdown to the next arson attack and the one after it, unquote. And the interesting thing, and maybe Chuck would like to comment, we're also seeing some of the Israeli lobby and the U.S. 
that were complaining to the Israeli government because of what happened with this burning of this innocent Palestinian child. The Israeli government routinely gives lip service. But what's interesting, I think, in this case is that some of the American Israeli lobby, APAC, the other ones, uh, ADL, are actually taking the Israeli government to task. And they obviously must understand that these policies are detrimental to Israel. Chuck, do you have any thoughts? Back 15 years ago when we republished this book, the book was about the incredible power that Israel had amassed in a tiny country. Their weapon power, of course, a nuclear power, most of it stolen from the United States. The chief thief has been in prison for 30 years. He's about to be released. Jonathan Pollard is his name. Israel had built up an enormous war machine with the help of the United States that gave it some billion and a half dollars a year for the last 40 years. And, of course, we all know the brutality of their occupation. And, of course, then there is the power of the Jewish international purse. Non-Israeli Jews who live in New York and all over the world, Paris, and who find ways to support uh, the Zionist effort to some degree. So that uh, this aura of enormous power has been built up, a frightening, fearful power. We've actually heard many people say, well, Israel controls America. We'd like to point out that for all of its power and might that Israel has amassed, it is a really a bankrupt organization, both morally and financially. Israel is now suffering a near decline in total population. Uh, even with the immigrants who are, are rushed in all the time to fill in the settlements and, and to uh, increase the population, the population of young, talented Israelis is declining. Jews from Israel are leaving very, very fast. There is also a uh, substandard living standard that has been published about a little bit. Uh, there have been all kinds of uh, revolts in Israel about their living standard and, of course, uh, compulsory military service. So the fact is that Israel is uh, very weak financially. They, of course, uh, have a moral decline. There is a substantial uh, revolt against the actions of the uh, Israeli Defense Forces in the slaughters in Gaza every five years or so. There have been three now in, in recent memory. And then the most important thing that's uh, coming up in Israel's decline, and, and what Tom talks about is the possible implosion, which I think would be a uh, financial implosion, is that Israel uh, finds itself in debt. It's already gone through one period of insolvency where it had to throw away its currency and print a new one. That was back in 1985. It has uh, uh, sold bonds in every possible description that you can think of that will sell. It sells uh, bonds in the uh, currencies of several different nation states, such as the European Union and the American dollar. It's one of the few nations that actually does that. It, it goes about counterfeiting, basically selling counterfeit bonds wherever it can find buyers. The result of all this is you have a deeply financially flawed system and economy. And when you look at the reasons for it, it's very obvious uh, Israel had no reason to ever be a Jewish state with um, how many, 15 million residents, about uh, 8 million Jews and 7 million 
Palestinians in a land that is not overflowing with milk and honey, but it has virtually no natural resources and very little in the way of productive resources, in other words, farming wealth, uh, that kind of thing. So you have a little barren a desert place that is basically a pit bull war machine carrying out the uh, activities of, uh, of its big brother, the United States, and uh, gradually going broke in front of our eyes. And of course, we're uh, too awed by their uh, brutality to see their weakness. And so our efforts have started to be in the last year or so, starting in 19, uh, 2013, publishing stories about Israel's financial situation, which uh, as we research it, we find very few people have researched it, and that you basically have an implosion in the making. An implosion, of course, means you think of a bubble. A bubble is something that's puffed and blown up way beyond value for some reason and reaches the point where it is no longer sustainable and then has a sudden collapse or implosion. So the word Tom selected, I think, describing Israel is more like implosion because it is indeed a, a fiscal a financial bubble. It has a central bank that hides its weaknesses very well. It has a very powerful banking system run out of New York and, and Europe and so on that peddles bonds every place they get a chance in every denomination. Last year, or in 2013, they apparently saw a, a good opportunity and they got Goldman Sachs to sell $2 billion worth of 10- and 20-year bonds at very low interest rates that actually went out into the world market. So the case that we are going to be talking about and publicizing is not Israel's amazing strength, but its uh, incredible weakness and what will happen when Israel finally does implode. And keep in mind, of course, that it's quite possible that Israel may be a factor in pulling down the United States because we have pumped a lot of money into Israel and in the wars that Israel has worked so hard to develop, one of which uh, that is brewing right today, and that, of course, is the potential war in, in Iran, in, which is Israel is reputed to have spent $50 million already in America campaigning among our Congress to get try to get them to reject the uh, nuclear armament treaty with Iran, the object, of course, being to uh, force Iran into a situation where a war would then become somehow inevitable. Well, it's not even uh, in the Congress. They're actually running ads, TV ads, all over the country, actually, that are uh, trying to get uh, ground support to get their congressmen and senators to nix the Iran deal. Right. They're running here in Denver, Colorado. One of the other problems in the Israeli society, at the same time that this infant was killed, there, here's a headline from the Jerusalem Post dated August 11th, quote, homophobia and Jewish terror take place throughout Israel. Quote, demonstrations condemn Thursday's stabbing attack at Jerusalem's gay pride parade and Friday's arson attack that resulted in the death of an 18-month-old Palestinian baby. Thousands of people joined political leaders and President Reuven Rivlin at rallies in, in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, and Haifa Saturday night to condemn violence in Israel society personified by last Thursday night stabbing. And as a result of that, a young 15-year-old girl died from the stabbing by a radical Orthodox Jew, actually, that he stabs six people. Another thing kind of related, to, and we've talked about this issue, is the gas 
issue in uh, Israel. They've developed some gas fields, but thousands, this is from the Jerusalem Post from July 5th of this year, thousands take to Tel Aviv streets to protest gas deal. On Saturday night after a similar event, exactly one week before, activists from the Green Corps student movement led a protest against the gas deal at Tel Aviv's Rabin Square and, and other sites around the country. The activists demanded lower gas prices and increased use of gas in, in domestic factories, accusing the government of bending to foreign interests. Now, this uh, story here, of course, is that Israel occupies the land that, that has always been short on, of milk and honey. And uh, in spite of some biblical references to the contrary, and uh, most of it is a, a pretty much of a desert wasteland, but unlike the Saudi Arabian desert wasteland and the Iraqi desert wasteland and the Iranian desert wasteland, there isn't any oil or gas under Israel's wasteland. So unlike most of the desert in the uh, Middle East, nothing was ever found under Israel in spite of huge efforts by supporting businessmen who, of course, saw themselves cutting themselves in for a share if they could find oil and gas in Israel. I've followed this over the years and watched one company after another break its pick and finally withdraw and leave. Finally, uh, 5,000 feet under the Mediterranean Sea, uh, in a place 150 miles off the coast of Israel and in line with their coastline, a, a gas field was discovered. But to get to the gas field, they had to drill 17,000 feet of dirt after they got to the bottom of uh, 5,000 feet of water. So it became one of the most expensive and dangerous drilling operations around, uh, comparable to just about anything that's been found and produced. But uh, way down there is gas. And uh, Israel, of course, ballyhooed this as uh, the uh, great find that God gave them that would make them rich. And now, because of the big decline in uh, gas and oil prices, particularly oil, but uh, natural gas prices have declined at about 50%. The viability of the entire field is in question, even though part of it is producing. Israel has planned to sell natural gas to all its Arab neighbors. This is now in doubt. We'll learn more about this. So what we are looking at really is a bankrupt state that is going to have to be supported by someone or it's going to sink. And if it was occupied uh, by the Greeks or someone like that, it would be going broke right now. Uh, it's being kept afloat by the U.S. and by Jewish businessmen around the world who begrudgingly, I would say, in most cases, support Israel and, and who buy their bonds with a good bit of trepidation. Well, to add to all this, Chuck, is kind of an unknown, but it has a distinct possibility, is the Israel nuclear industry. The first reactor was built in 1963. They've got anywhere from, we hear reports of 100 to 200 or more nuclear weapons, and the, these facilities have never been under any uh, inspection. They're parties to no uh, negotiations uh, on um, uh, nuclear weapons, and so there is a distinct a possibility that there could be an accident here. This is a report from Ynet, uh, which is a Jewish-Israeli publication from 2007. The Greenpeace actually was there, the campaign to denuclearize the Middle East, and of course that's Israel, and the, the activists were warning against Demona, that's the, the plant, 
that a disaster was waiting to happen, and they want the Israelis to know about it because uh, these facilities are very close to metropolitan areas there with dense populations, and we saw what happened with Fukushima in Japan. So that's literally an explosive issue that could be disastrous not only for the Israelis, but in the surrounding area there. So there's a lot of factors that are pointing towards this idea that Israel is really trying to commit suicide. Andrew Hurley was wise before his time. He saw all of this going on a long time ago. And amazing man who wrote this book that we called One Nation Under Israel, he called Saving Israel from Suicide. Chuck, when you talk about Israel spending $50 million for advertising for this deal, I think it should also be pointed out that we're giving them $10 million a day. So they really are spending uh, less than a week worth of uh, aid that we're giving them to campaign. I appreciate what Allison's doing with their billboard. Apparently there's two billboards in Iowa that's uh, getting getting a stir. So I think as, as more of the public begin to recognize where that we're supporting and propping up this little country over there, that um, people realize that, you know, we need this money at home. Absolutely, Craig. Very well, very well put. And information is the key. And this campaign that uh, you're talking about from Americans New in Des Moines, actually, here's an article from the Iowa Free Press, controversial Israel billboards go live in Des Moines. And this is one of those electronic fancy ones, and I've got a picture of it here. But what's interesting is that there are 104 comments in this uh, newspaper section here. So they've created a debate. And so this really does help make people aware that there is something, something a little rotten going on here. Thanks, Chuck, for that uh, update on the uh, the Israeli financial side of this implosion equation there. And we will be continuing to update Chuck's many reports. You can you can find a number of reports on the Israeli bond scheme on our website whtt.org and on our podcast site. Those are all reachable from and searchable there at, at our website whtt.org. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcast. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also, at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small think big, and press on towards the straight gate.